Buds and Blue Jays. Your place for everything related to the Toronto Blue Jays. Here's your hosts, Jesse Burrell and Riley McConnell. Now let's get on with the show. Good evening, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to episode 138 of Buds and Blue Jays. And this is your official Toronto Blue Jays playoff preview going up against the Minnesota Twins. I'm Jesse Burrell, joined by my full squad, Isaac Bass and Riley McConnell. And the Blue Jays season came to an, or the regular season came to an end today. We finished with a record of 89 and 73, finishing third and in the final wildcard spot. It'll be the third playoff appearance for this Toronto Blue Jays in the last four years. And we, the winner of this series will go on to face the Houston Astros. And all game times will be at 4.38 p.m. Eastern. So, gentlemen, the regular season is over, and it's all about the playoffs. I want to get your first vibes or how are you feeling about this Blue Jays team heading into the playoffs this year? I want to start by saying that I looked, we all looked at some statistics this afternoon um, after the ball game that was after the series, the season that was, and I believe that this ball ball club severely underachieved. I think we should have been a 91 win team. And I know we were one win off. Hey, but there was a lot of flaws in our game. Um, like you look at you, I could break stuff down. We will break stuff down this episode, but my first initial thought was you look at that record. It was only good enough for the third and final wildcard spot, man. This is like being on the playground and being picked last for kickball. In my opinion, it like we're, we're there, but we're, we're last, we're, we're, we're last to the trough. We're last to the feeding trough. And we got to eat what we can, man. We got a lot of teams to surprise this postseason because we have not lived up to our full potential. We haven't exceeded anything. And we need to play exceptional ball over the next few weeks. Um, and we we got to get there, man. Isaac, how about you? Uh, I actually semi-disagree with that take in the sense that the Houston Astros, which has been the best team over the last, what, five years, maybe even longer than that, arguably, in the, at least in the AL, um, finish with one more win than us and won their division and get a bye in the first round. So, I mean, we just got trounced by circumstances of being in a killer division, which was flipped on its head for the first time in however many years um, with the teams that led it. Uh, I, I, But all saying all of that, we severely, you're right, we severely underperformed, which is, you can take it in two ways. You can take it that this team's just not good enough, or you can take it like, okay, we've, we've been bad and underperformed but we're still in the playoffs right now and we still have a shot to win this thing so if we perform at to expectations we can be the philadelphia phillies of last year except get a couple more wins in the final round yeah basically the point i was going to make i think this playoff run for the toronto blue jays is going to go one out of two ways we're either going to lose in the wild card round pretty handily to minnesota which would surprise nobody or i think we're going to go on a run like the philadelphia phillies did last year and make it all the way to the world series i really do not think there isn't in between. But on this episode, we're going to get into all of that. We're going to start by getting into the Blue Jays uh, playoff roster, who we think should be on this team to give the Blue Jays the best chance to beat the Minnesota Twins. And some names on there might surprise you. And then we're going to dive deep into the series against Minnesota, doing the longest Buds and Blue Jays preview that we have done yet. We're going to get into the pitching, the defense, the bullpen, the base running, the managing, everything that could come into into advantage for a chance for the Blue Jays to win this series. We've got X-Factors and all that stuff too. But a little programming note from us here first. 
We're going to do this episode here today, and we're going to try to do little mini game recaps after every single game of this World Series, whether it's all three or this wild card round, whether it's all three of us or just two out of the three of us. We're going to make it work, and we're going to come back with some live instant reactions after every single Blue Jays playoff game going forward. With that being said, guys, are we ready to go? Hey, we got to we got to dive right into it, man. I have been as you guys have been uh, waiting all day uh, to talk about this. Okay, perfect. Let's get in then to the playoff roster. And as things stand right now, the Toronto Blue Jays have 28 men on their current roster. And that roster does need to be cut down to 26 before first pitch on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. And there are some interesting choices to be made here. The rules are it's got to be at most 13 pitchers. And that means 13 pitchers and 13 hitters. The Blue Jays actually have an interesting question. Do they go to the max of 13 pitchers or do they go to um, the 13 um position players as well. And the Blue Jays have a lot of interesting choices to make, including what do you do with the guys in your rotation that aren't starting? Is Hunjin Ryu on this team? What do you do with the guys on the bench, right? Is Are you leaving out Santiago Espinal or Davis Schneider? Or are you getting more dramatic and taking like a Whit Merrifield off this lineup? Or is it going to be some name in the bullpen that the Blue Jays have relied on all year just simply isn't going to be on the playoff roster? And uh, Riley, we'll start with you, I guess. What is your take on what the Blue Jays are going to do in this playoff roster? Well, I know that the rotation is going to be cut down. And I mean, it's a no brainer on how that's going to be flipped. Um, obviously, um, we're going to be a right handed savvy uh, team that starts this postseason, which Jesse, Isaac, I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, Yusei Kikuchi had one heck of a year in Ryu with the part season he played. Uh, another guy well, that was fantastic. I just want to touch on these pitchers that were uh, real quick because absolutely every one of these guys was fantastic. They all, I mean, how, how often do you have three pitchers or sorry, four pitchers, four pitchers with over 30 starts and sub four ERAs and then throw Yusei Kikuchi or sorry, throw Hunjin Ryu in that mix with his 11 games started in a sub four ERA. I mean, that's pretty good uh, for me. I'm keeping both Hunjin Ryu and Yusei Kikuchi because we're going okay. with an extremely big bull. We want an extremely big bullpen. And if anything goes wrong, those guys are first on the rubber or second on the rubber after your starting pitcher. Um, so there's five right there. As far pause. as your higher. I want to pause yeah. on that. Yeah. Uh, give me a situation in which Hunjin Ryu comes in to any game in this playoffs that you'd be uh, comfortable. I uh, honestly, the first guy, well, the first guy for me is going to be Yusei Kikuchi. Um, out of that, it's kind of a um, one slot, two slot long relief. Right. But, but so I'm just going to stop you again because yeah. you, if you have a chance of winning and you're not getting, tr you're not getting beat out, there can't be a two slot long reliever or else you're, you've already lost. It, so in it, what scenario does Hunjin Ryu come in at any point? If we've used Kikuchi and there is two lefties due up, and Garcia's and Mesa are both on short rest. I want. I don't care. I want my best pitchers. And you can't tell me that you, that Hunjin Ryu hasn't been a good pitcher. And as of late, yeah, he had that one blow up. But I look at how he's recovered from his Tommy John surgery and how he has played. He has got to be on this 26-man playoff roster. He's not in the rotation. Uh, he could certainly spot start a game depending on how deep we go into this run. But, I mean, Isaac, he's he's got to be there. He's been a great arm. I know that he's had... Hey, 
he had a blow up. That'll happen. But in 11 starts, that's a pretty good sample size. It tell me, tells me what I want to know, especially when we've had the bullpen, you know, pitch the way they have. Hey, that's going to put, because spoiler alert, I'll throw two other lefties in there. Mesa and Cabrera are both there for me too. I, I have no problem with, with having four lefties in that bullpen. Jesse, what are your thoughts? So I'm kind of on Isaac's team here. The only time you're ever going to use Hunjin Ryu, at least in just this series against Minnesota, is say like Gosman gets hurt or one of your starters get hurt within the first inning and your Jays are already down like 9-0 or we're up like 9-0, we're up massive. That would be, I think, the only time you would use a Hunjin Ryu in this series is because if you need some length out of somebody. But the Blue Jays have enough arms in their bullpen that I think Hunjin Ryu is actually one of my cuts off this Blue Jays playoff team. And therefore, you might look at bringing him back when we get into a five-game series or a seven-game series going down the line. Hey, that's fine. You're entitled to, like, yeah. You, and you guys could be right, but this is, you You, you, uh, you gave me a job. This is what I'm giving you. I'm going with five starting pitchers. They're not necessarily going to be starting pitchers. I'm not with sending guys, moving guys up. Hunjin uh, Ryu has been fi- a fine pitcher. We're not going to throw you know, every arm in, in that wild card series, or I hope we don't throw every arm in that wild mm-hmm. card series. So you could arguably leave a guy like Genesis Cabrera off anyways. Like it, like, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm looking my for guy the who's guy off is Trevor man. Richards. Yeah. My oh. guy who's off is Trevor Richards. For sure. Okay. I think we can all agree on that. Can we not? I think I still I, want him in the pen here. But I, you I have look at a, the... Isaac, I, I, I do have him down. I do have him down on. He is the last name I have in, in my bullpen. Hmm. Just because okay. you could look at the 12 ERA he's had in September. And I think if you are going to make a cut out of the guy in the bullpen that has been a bullpen guy all year, it will be Trevor Richards. The only thing that's keeping him on this roster for me is that the Minnesota is a very right-handed heavy team and they absolutely destroy left-handed pitching. And so I think we'll keep the right-handed guy in there, even though he does have some reverse splits type thing there, um, just to have another right-handed arm to attack this right-handed heavy Minnesota Twins lineup. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yep. All right. Hey, well, we've, that's a lot. That's starting pitchers. Uh, you know what? I can jump aboard. I'm still going to stick to what I said. Again, we don't make these calls. So, I mean, if it's two verse one, I'm sure there's someone in the comments and, or a listener who will agree with me. Um, but Hey, for bullpen though, I mean, it's pretty much a no brainer who the top guys are, uh, I mean, as bad as Romano has been as of late, he's still got to be there. Jordan right. Hicks has got to be there. Uh, Swanson and Garcia are kind of my top four um, out of this bullpen. And I think for all of us, that's got to be a lock, right? Yep. And I think it's just down to those last guys at the end we talked about. Um, also, wanna... yeah. uh, sorry, I just want to touch on Romano just quickly. I'm sure we'll get to him. But he came out for the eighth inning uh, last night. And you could tell he was pissed. Like, yeah, oh, I think he threw a hundred. Yeah, yeah, he was throwing gas. And maybe we're seeing Romano come back. Maybe that was the kick in the ass that he needed. I'm confident in him him again because that was, yeah, he, he seemed pissed. And also, that post game, it's clear those guys <laughs> love him in the dressing room. Maybe I'm just yeah. biased because I he seemed like a bit of a party animal. And yeah. I, I'm all for that. So, but, <laughs> yeah, happy, I just wanted to ha- yeah, happy or pissed off, I can guarantee you guys right now that Romano is absolutely pickled right now. Love <laughs> me a good from Markham. That's our boy, Jordan Romano. Yeah. All right, guys, if we are going then with 13 pitchers on this postseason roster, which it seems like a lot of us are, that means we have to cut a position player and we have our nine 
nine guys in the starting starting rotate or starting lineup. We're gonna keep a Tyler Heineman to be our second catcher. That means our bench, our four other guys are Santiago Espinal, Whit Merrifield, Davis Schneider, and Cam Eden. What are the Blue Jays going to do out of those last four guys on the bench? Because they've got to cut somebody. Isaac will start. My with my thing is that what I think they're gonna do versus what I would do are very different. I don't think that's going to change. What I would do is get rid of Santiago Espinal and keep Cam Eden for pinch running situations. Bingo. I don't I don't think I think they're going to keep Santiago Espinal and cut a guy like Cam Eden. Um unfortunately, but but that's I just can't see them ever. They have never cut Espinal when I wanted them to. Um so I just can't see them doing it, but that's what I think they should do. Isaac, I'm on your team as far as that goes. On my last line for this roster, uh, like I said before the episode, someone is going to have to have their feelings hurt. It's a tough conversation to have, um, but I think that if we're talking about performance, and I think that Eden has a duty on this team, I think he has a role to fill, and I have no problem with adding him or keeping him, I should say, onto this roster. Um, Biggio and Witt and Davis Schneider, for me, are that three in no particular in no particular order no particular order but for me the odd man out is santiago espinal and i don't i don't think it's that close i also like whit merrifield's versatility in the outfield i think that's important as well and that leaves us with like espinal espinal just doesn't fit the scheme um of this 26 man playoff uh playoff roster so I agree with both of you. I think that is the route I would want to go as well. Having the value of a guy who can pinch run, steal a base in a playoff game is going to be massive. I am worried that the Toronto Blue Jays, because they have loyalty to Espinal. And look, it would be easier to keep Espinal if his base running value didn't collapse, if his defense thing was still there. He just simply hasn't been one of the best 26 guys on the roster for the course of the season. I am worried that they might cut a guy like a Davis Schneider. Because him and Whit Merrifield play a similar role. And I don't think any of us on this show want Davis Schneider off this lineup. You want him on the bench, a guy who could run into a pinch hit home run. Hell, I think we even want him in the starting lineup still. But uh, I'm worried that the Blue Jays might make a move like that against Minnesota here. Especially against a right-handed heavy hitting team. I mean, I don't know how you could possibly do that. Um, that I, I, I don't think you can explain the move to take Davis Schneider off of this team. I mean, I understand how it could happen, but I, I don't know how you explain that. You'd have to pull some pretty wicked statistics to show me how Espinal is going to make a bigger impact, that how Witt has been over the last little while, how he makes a bigger impact at the plate than Davis Schneider. Because um, for me, we're looking at a team right now um that are starting are starting there's eight guys for sure it comes down to who's on second and i don't know if, if it's going to be biggio or wit or davis schneider but i i can tell you one thing that that's biggio has played some exceptional baseball um over the month of september and in, in the to the one day yeah, in there's october there's no way it's biggio there's no way no. it's merrifield yeah, it's even espinel schneider exactly. like it's between yeah. them three i i think we all agree that it's yeah that we hope it's Espinal, but we don't think it's going to be. And I agree with you, Jesse. There is some worry about Snyder, but like I think it's going to be Cam Eden. Um, which like I, it's not like if you lose that, like it's not the end of the world. The sky isn't falling either way. But it it is something that's handy to have on your bench to have a plus defender and a great base runner, especially in a series where you're not playing a super explosive offense. So you might have games which are like two one, and those are the games when you need a guy like Cam Eden. 
especially if Alejandro Kirk is going to be in the lineup for every single game this series. Getting a guy that can run for him late is going to matter a lot. All right, gentlemen, let's get into the official series preview here. After the playoff roster has been announced, we have a big series against the Minnesota Twins. And I want to start this segment here, guys, with a segment I'm calling Stats That Might Matter. So I'm going to read off some five stats here, and I want you guys to tell me afterwards if any of these matter at all about into the series going forward. Got it? Sounds good. All right. First one, the Minnesota Twins and Blue Jays split their six games this year, three games apiece. Minnesota outscored the Toronto Blue Jays 28-26 in those six games. Fangraphs gives us a 6.6 chance to win the World Series, and the score sportsbook has the Jays at plus 105 underdogs in this series against the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota this season went 23-9 and versus Oakland, Kansas City, and the Chicago White Sox, and then went 64-66 and versus everybody else. And the Blue Jays haven't won a playoff game since 2016. The Minnesota Twins haven't won a playoff game since 2004. One of those streaks is coming to an end this series. And my last one, Minnesota led all of baseball in batting war in the month of September. Do any or all of those stats matter, guys, going into the series? So I, I will just start off with the last one you mentioned, then rather yeah. you build off that. No, I was Isaac, you take the words right out of my mouth because I yeah. heard you say last one. Yeah. And it kind of goes along with the other things you were saying, Jesse. I'm sure we can like there's stats being like they were like the second best team in baseball over the last month or two. And it's like, but then you look at the record of the teams that they're playing in the last month or two, compound with that, that the Minnesota Twins haven't played meaningful baseball in what? 50, 60 days, like the Cleveland, since they kind of, the Guardians started to fall off, like they've been locked into that for forever. So they've been playing free and loose. They've been able to try things, whereas the Blue Jays have been in a dog fight through the entire year, which, you know, you can make an argument that that's a plus or a benefit. I like to think that it's a benefit that maybe these guys, like, because they haven't had that intensity that we've had, maybe they're walking into something where... They're not as prepared for it. Um, you see that often with teams who have been locked and have like an easier road to the playoffs get beat by underdogs. Um, AKA Phillies once again, year. the Phillies last year, right? There's always that one team that runs in to a team that's just not prepared for the moment. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. But that's the stat I just want to start off with is that they can be a little deceiving knowing that the Twins have played teams that are sub 500 and haven't had anything to necessarily play for. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah, Isaac. Pretty much took the words uh, right out of my mouth. Um, I would like to think, guys, that yeah, um, I like I like the thought that Minnesota might come in underprepared. I don't know if that's going to be the case. These are professional athletes. They know kind of what's at stake. They know that their franchise hasn't won a playoff game since whatever Jesse said, two thousand four. Um, so I mean, geez, like that's that's a long time. That's um what 19 years essentially so they'll be hungry like they will be hungry i believe that yeah they had an easier road than we did um i don't think that they're as taxed as we are because of it um i but i still think that we can outmatch them and i know we'll talk about the matchups uh later on here but uh, the, hey some of the stats do mean something but at the end of the day we're looking at uh, uh, we're looking at a division winning team. I know it was the worst division in baseball and it wasn't even close, but they won ball games when it matters and I don't think that it's going to be an easy road at all uh playing in Minnesota. Uh you know, I think that we still have our work cut out for us and we have to play grade A level baseball in order to walk away from this series as the victors. 
I will I will say that it's a good spot because we're right next to the Canadian border. There's going to be a lot of Canadians there. Tickets, I think I saw on Twitter, are like 15 bucks yeah. for 300 level wow. seats. So, I mean, if you're making the trip down there, you like it might be cheaper to go there than it is to just go to a Toronto playoff game. So, I just like hopefully we show up in numbers and at least have 25% or something like that. That would be awesome of uh, Toronto Blue Jays fans. And for what it's worth, this is the deepest Minnesota uh, Twins baseball team they probably had going into the playoffs probably since the early 2000s team. So just keep that in mind as we go there. But yeah, the Blue Jays can neutralize home field advantage for a while. That'll definitely come in handy here. Um, top storylines, gentlemen, of the things you are going to follow the most during this three-game series. I think we can all go around. We'll give one or two each of what the things we are going to follow the most. And I guess I want to take the first one here. And I think this we've said this several times throughout the course of the season, even going to last year is this Toronto Blue Jays team will go as far as our offensive players will take us. And I want to specifically point out Vladimir Guerrero Jr. too. He needs to be the guy. The uh, target field in Minnesota has typically been a good spot for right-handed hitting power hitters to hit. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. should have an advantage in the park factors there. But we need Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to be on in this series. We need him swinging at pitches he can do damage with, not swinging at pitches in the other's batter's box, not hitting the ball on the ground and hitting into a double play when the Blue Jays need him. We need this guy to be a power bat and drive in runs for this Toronto Blue Jays team to go forward in this series. And that is my number one storyline that I am looking for in this series. Simply put, if you don't score runs, you don't win ball games. And I mean, the other team gets as many outs as you do. If we're making outs at the plate, if we're taking a slider, low one away, swinging at it, we're just recording an out. We, he's got to sit on his pitch. He's got to look for his pitch. We got to come up in clutch spots, not just Vladdy, not just our big guys, but we need to put together good solid at-bats and string together timely hits in order to, you know, have and it not just late in ball games, we need to come out just guns blazing. I mean, we have a leadoff hitter who has the second most leadoff home runs to start a game in MLB history. I mean, right off that alone, that's a pretty good accolade attached. Is George Springer going to do that in the series? I mean, the chances are very unlikely, but it's a hell of a way to get the party started. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm more talking about. We got a runner. We got a runner on like anytime you get a leadoff double, for instance, you got to manufacture that run. I know John Schneider's not a small ball guy, but there's been too many instances this year when there's a runner on second with nobody out or there's a runner on third base with less than two outs. And we just simply don't get that runner across, man. And I don't care who's at the dish. Um, we, we just need that run because we've been snake bitten by it and we've lost ball games because of it. Isaac, what about you? What's your, one of your top storylines you're following this series? I'm going to go the twins direction and just say, I know that. Okay. So if the roles were reversed and we could like kind of cakewalk into the playoffs, who knows who would be on like little IL stints, right? Who knows who's like having something bother them? Who knows if Chapman would still be on the IL until the playoffs, but Carlos Correa is a one guy who's been out the last little bit. I think he was put on the 10-day IL at the end of September. He's their star player, right? I guess Max Kepler too. But like those two guys in the lineup, if you can neutralize them, they have a lot of depth pieces that can do stuff, but not necessarily any big names. And it'll be interesting to see how he does coming off of that injury stint, which could have just been something where he's just you know resting before the playoffs. Guys like Jorge Polanco's day-to-day. 
there's Byron Buxton, not like he's too much of a player, but like little things like that is like, how deep is this team going to be? Are they, were they actually injured or were they just put on there to rest until the end of the year and give guys in the minor leagues a chance? That's going to be my top storyline. Yeah. Adding on to that too, um, Byron Buxton might be back as well. Royce Lewis, who I think has six home runs in the month of September is also on the IL currently. He might be back for game one, but if you look at the teams in terms of injuries, the Jays are without Danny Jansen and Adam Simber. The Twins are without like Joey Gallo, Tyler Malley, and a whole lot more. So the Jays are healthier, at least on paper, going into the uh, series. And that might come into play here. Um, Riley, what about you? What was your big storyline that you were following going into the series? First of all, can you repeat what you said about Byron Bux- Buxton being not much of a... I think... I don't know. I just on a side note, I've never heard anything about... But I think Byron Buxton is an exceptional baseball player. So it's crazy that you said that. I said uh, 207 um, average this year. I know, not, but nothing he, he, I mean, he, I, Hey, I'll be if speed power combination. I think if he stays healthy and he's never been healthy, he's one of the greatest. Oh, he's players not healthy now. So. <laughs> no, I, that's what I'm saying. He's yeah. not healthy, but uh, skill wise. All right, boys, we were talking about who to cut and whatever. We know that this position is not going to be cut, but who the, I mean, I don't imagine these games are going to be, a cakewalk and I don't imagine we're going to get blown out. These are going to be close ball games. Who the hell's pitching the eighth and who the hell's pitching the ninth? What are we doing with the back end of this bullpen? I mean, that's my, that's my takeaway. We see at the very end of the year, you guys touched on it already. Romano was cheesed. He goes in and pitches the eighth inning at game one sixty one. Man, that's almost a crisis. It's a small crisis to have that happen. You want your closer in. Like, that's a demotion and a half. Like, and then you see Hicks come in, and he also, well, we know what happened. Um, not, not, Not an ideal outing. So, I mean, guys, like, what are we, are we going back to the recipe of having Jordan Romano close these ball games, or has he just been too inconsistent? And have we possibly seen the last, of Jordan Romano as a closer in baseball. I mean, I'm not pushing the panic button too much on that, but you got to be able to close games out in the playoffs. Let's take the New York Yankees from 1997 to 2000 and whatever. They had Maniano Rivera. At one point, more men had walked on the moon. Not that I am buying that story. More men had walked <laughs> on the moon than he had allowed earned runs in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden he met the Arizona Diamondbacks or whatever it was. But I mean, we don't have a Maniano Rivera. Uh, we have, uh, we have Jordan Romano and Jordan Hicks who seem to be maybe the guys and they both have not pitched that great. Are we throwing uh, Jimmy Garcia as the closer? No, I highly, highly doubt that. So it's a sink or swim thing because they're, they are going to hang Romano or Hicks if he goes in and blows a two-run lead in a playoff game. We're in a best two out of three series. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only time I've ever happen. done be- best two out of three, man, that's like playing rock, paper, scissors. Um, I mean, a baseball series where you got to win the first – like the first game is so important, and if we go, if we go to Minnesota – and we 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 and we walk out of there with a blown save or something like that. Like that's huge. And then that's, I mean, that's on. I don't know if you put that on the pitchers, the pitching staff, uh, John Schneider, whatever. But I, I for me, it's got to be Romano. But he's got to be way better. Are you guys rolling with Jordan Hicks or what are we thinking here? We just hope we're winning the game by five runs. 
I mean, in a perfect world, yeah, we win every game by five yeah, runs. But... Well, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I think it's Romano's job in the ninth. You trust him, you go for it. You play matchups, whatever. They're both going to be good. I think to add on to your point in the main storyline here is how just John Schneider uses the whole bullpen as a whole, right? Minnesota is a very right-handed hitting heavy lineup, and Minnesota loves to use platoon bats, probably them and Tampa Bay are probably the two most um, in all of baseball that love to get their platoon advantages. So I want to see when do the Blue Jays go to their lefties? When do Meza and Genesis Cabrera see time? What are the Blue Jays going to do with Yusei Kikuchi, who we think is going to go to the bullpen because he's not going to start one of these first three games with the Toronto Blue Jays? Like, I think all that stuff to go along with who the Blue Jays are using late in games is actually going to be a very telling story. And one wrong move in a clutch situation could be the difference between us moving on and going home. I definitely think that, you know what, you guys have me sold on that. And if it's not, if it's just Kikuchi, you're going to see a lot. You're probably going to see um, Rich, Richards and Chad Green could potentially be going um, as the seventh inning guy in one of those games. Same with Swanson Garcia. I mean, we do have, I'm looking at six, six right-handed pitchers right now that are clearly um guys that I would I feel comfortable with and obviously different leverage but even Trevor Richards can shove and has this year of course blow-ups whatever but we're going with our very best and in a perfect world we win the first two games and we don't worry about the third game but in an ideal world our starter goes seven innings it probably won't happen there's a good chance that a guy like Kevin Gosman does um but then from there like you got to go down the pecking order and say, who do you, John Schneider's got to figure out who he trusts more, Eric Swanson or Garcia. He's got to figure out who he trusts more out of, let's say Trevor Richards and Chad green or whatever. You got to be smart with your matchups because we do have very good right-handed pitchers. And if that's the route we're going to take for, you know, stacking our lineup that way, then, Hey, I mean, it's on, it's on him, man. He's calling, he's calling those moves to the bullpen. Yeah, and that's what's going to matter the most here in the series. Isaac, any other storylines you wanted to mention, or should we get right into the uh, into the lineups and stuff? Well, I think just to touch on that, and it might uh, segue into what we're talking about with the lineups, but I'm kind of convinced uh, my thought process going into this is uh, that you lean on your veterans, and you sink and swim with your veterans, and if it doesn't work out that way, then it wasn't going to work out that way, but I like the guys who, you know, like the Whit Merrifields who never made the playoffs. And then had a te- we had a terrible defeat last year. Like the guys who are just like, they see maybe the end of their career and they want it maybe a little bit more than the young guys. So when I, when I think about like a Yimmy Garcia, like even though he might not have been my favorite reliever in the, um, in the season, he's a guy that I would go to in a big spot, maybe put a little bit more trust in him in the playoffs because I, am going to lean on my veterans if I am a guy like John Schneider. And that brings us maybe into the lineups where I'm a, as big a David Schneider fan as anybody, but I still think that Whit Merrifield might be my guy um, over top of him going into uh, game one. Makes sense. He's a really good guy at getting bad on ball, which could matter just getting a ball through the infielders to getting a clutch run across and everything else there. We asked some friends on Twitter what their biggest storylines were. And uh, one person said, Jason said he's very interested to see how Jose Barrios does going back to Minnesota to see a playoff game there. You can bet your bottom dollar if it comes to that. We'll be watching that as well. And of course, kind of what we were echoing on earlier, it's all about the offense. Pitching and defense has been there all year. If the Blue Jays are going to have a winnable series, especially in what's going to be probably some low scoring games offense is going to be key 
All right, gentlemen, with that being said, let's get into the lineups. And I have some stats about how these teams performed during the course of the regular season. In terms of home runs, the Blue Jays hit 187 all the year. They were 16th in baseball. Minnesota was third at 233 home runs. Jays were ninth in baseball with a 107 WRC plus. Minnesota, same range. They were sixth at 109. Jays were 13th in walk percentage. The Twins were fifth. Jays were sixth best in baseball at strikeout percentage, and Minnesota was dead last. Minnesota struck out more than any other team in baseball this year. And then the Jays were 23rd in baseball with average exit velocity, where the Twins were sixth at 86.4. For what it's worth, MLB.com has the Jays ranked as the eighth best lineup heading into the postseason, with Minnesota right behind them at ninth. So going into the series, what you think? If you had to grade, or who's to say, who has a better lineup, the Blue Jays or the Twins, who would you give the nod to? Just on that lineup alone with the strikeouts, that sounds like a heavy swing and miss kind of team. Long ball, the three-player outcome, Adam Dunn, and a lineup full of like Adam Dunn's. Obviously, that's not the case. Um, however, we've had pitchers get into double-digit strikeouts this year. Um, I have no... I have no issue with Gosman being our game one starter. I think that is a no-brainer call. And I think that he's made a lot of hitters look foolish this year. And I think if he can get through the, the, the order the first time with no issue, I think I'll have no problem getting through the second time. Of course, home yeah, runs. Stick to are the offense, scary. Larry. We're talking offense here. Stick with stick, the offense. Stick to the offense. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got to put, dude, we got to put runs on the board. Yeah, we got to so put runs on the board. So do you think we're better off this series doing so than Minnesota? Yeah, I believe if our stars come and show up, then then we're going to be better than them. I we, There's no way. Sick, I know we're 16th in home runs, Jesse, but, I mean, the numbers should be way higher, way higher. And I think that if we show up in the clutch, we're there. And if we don't – like, if we don't score runs, we're not going to win. Okay. And Isaac, how about you? Who do you think is better on paper, our lineup or Minnesota's lineup? Oh, on paper, there's no question that our lineup is better. Okay. That's now, not my issue. That's in not reality, what I'm worried about, right? Like – um, I would say probably that Minnesota Twins have overperformed on a lot of their players, whereas we have severely underperformed on a lot of our players, which, I mean, a lot of averages, let's hope that's the case, that, you know, we move up back to normality and they move down to normality. And keep in mind, too, like a lot of their home runs, it's not like they have more spread out throughout the order of guys that do have pop, but there's no one, there's no like Kyle Schwarber on their team. There's no Aaron Judge on their team. Um, so, I, 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 I'm just going to go with the Jays and, and almost, and this might be like, if twi any twins fans are watching this, they're going to clip this. And, you know, if we lose, they'll let play, him, replay let it. Them do it. I, I think that honestly, almost every single position we are on paper better than them, including yeah. starting pitching. So let's go through that position. Then who would you guys rather have at the plate? Just offense only Alejandro Kirk or Ryan Jeffers. <laughs> Kirk, probably Isaac, Ryan, who? Ryan, sure. Hey, he's he's pretty good, Isaac. He's pretty good. He does have 14 home runs of 130. Let me talk my runs. shit. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? We're not allowed to trash talk on this podcast. No, Jeez. I know. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the the hey, well, let's just let's just beat the Twins. They, the N I feel bad. It's a thing where I feel bad for the NL Central because of how they perform, and even the Twins fall fall into that. Okay, let's go to the infield then. Your infield of Vlad, Biggio, Bichette, Chapman versus Donovan, Solano, Edward, Julian, Kyle Farmer, or Jorge Polanco. Now, you could put Carlos Correa in there. You could put Royce Lewis in there, assuming they're healthy. But 
you'd still rather our infield, especially if Chapman and can get it going and Bichette and Vlad are who they think they could be right over that line of infielders. Now, now Isaac, you can laugh at that one because yeah, that's a no brainer. The, the, that one is a no-brainer. Royce Lewis, yes, great young player. Correa, I, I don't know what's going to happen with his career. He makes a lot of money. That's all that I know. But, yeah, our infield, a uh, hundred times better. Isaac? Yeah, my smile says it all. Yeah, perfect. Love that. <laughs> I, I think I'm with you, too. But I do think there are some interesting pieces in there, especially with the platoons that Minnesota has going on. And then our outfielders, Dalton Varsho, Kevin Kiermeyer, George Springer against Matt Wallner who right now is Michael Taylor in center, but will probably be buying Buxton and then Max Kepler. Are you taking ours or you're taking theirs? For hitting alone, I mean, you know what? For fun, I'll say that uh, Minnesota could probably out-hit our fielders. I'll say, I'll say that just to be different. Isaac? Yeah, this one's a little bit tougher because our guys are like... Uh, yeah, I think George Springer, I mean, he's shown that he's one of the most clutch playoff performers in the last decade. So uh, I'm just going to, for that reason, going with that. I also just read a, a thing on the uh, Twins um, sports page uh, earlier today, basically saying that like Byron Buxton, there's almost no way they think that he's going to be starting out there um, mm. just due to his, uh, that actually the thing I was reading is that he probably won't even be in the starting lineup as a DH, that they think that he'll be like a guy that comes off the bench um, in a big spot in the seventh or eighth. I mean, who knows, but, but just judging on, you know, what twins pages and stuff like that are saying, that could also be something to, to keep an eye out for. Interesting storyline. Let's keep an eye on that going forward. And I assume we're all picking Brandon belt at DH over Alex Kirilov, correct? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Who's got the better bench? Our bench, if we were assuming it's five guys, which it is right now is Tyler Heineman, David Schneider, Whit Merrifield, Santiago Espinal, and Cam Eden versus what theirs are of Christian Vasquez, Willie Castro, Jordan Luplo, who was on this team for a long time, Trevor Larnich and Andrew Stevenson. I'm leaning towards ours here as well. I know assuming you guys are doing the same. I mean, our, the pieces are different, right? It's hard to rank five kind of, I mean, we have... Sure. Five socks that don't match, don't create a pair. But let's go with our let's go with our five, our bundle of 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 bench guys there. Isaac, I'm gonna say that these are pretty much a draw. Just be, like obviously, I've watched almost all of the Blue Jays games this year, so like I like to think that David Schneider is like better than certain guys. But I mean, if an outside perspective is looking in, they might be like, this guy just came up from the minors. He's been super hot and cold. Like you can make an argument that their bench is better and more well-rounded than us. But so I'm just going to say that it's a draw. Yeah. They have Jordan Luplo doesn't count. Ours is better. He couldn't even <laughs> make it on our bench. So uh, we're taking ours. All right, gentlemen, let's get into pitching staff as uh, it'll, Hey, the blue Jays have been really good at pitching all year. And as it usually does in the postseason, it always comes down to pitching and defense. So, the Blue Jays team ERA this season, 374, was the best in all of Major League Baseball, but the Twins weren't that far behind. They had a 388 team ERA, which is sixth best in baseball. MLB.com has the Blue Jays with the second best pitching staff going into this postseason, and Minnesota Twins right behind us at third. So these starting pitchers um, lineups are not confirmed as of yet, but these are our best guess at what is going to happen in this series. So game one, it seems like it's going to be Kevin Gosman and his 316 ERA against Pablo Lopez and his 366 ERA. Game two, I think we're all on board that we want Chris Bassett to start that game with a 360 ERA over what will likely be Sonny Gray for the Minnesota Twins, who had a 279 ERA. And then game three, if it comes that way and it plays this way, will be Jose Barrios and his 365 ERA against Joe Ryan, who has a 451 ERA here. So gentlemen... What are your thoughts on the Blue Jays versus Twins rotations going into this series? Um, I'm just going to say based off if I'm going to pretend like 
Um, we just go win loss off the starters. We take game one, we lose game two, we win game three. I know that just sounds very small minded to think that way. Sonny Gray had a great year, um, a great older season in, in Major League Baseball. But uh, Joe Ryan, still a force. I was surprised actually when you said that. I would have guessed that he had a high three ERA. Um, but hey, and then Pablo Lopez, his first year in a twins uniform. Um, a guy that a guy that if he if he just goes one more level, that he's gonna get Cy Young votes. I mean, he's he's a hell of a pitcher. Like we are we our bats have to work to hit, but on our side for pitching, we know how good we can be all our pitchers with sub four ERAs. And as of late, I'm thinking the only problem I have with the rotation is that for Barrios to get the win in his game, he really has to avoid the barrel. Mm-hmm. The story of his whole season for Jose Barrios. The, stor- the story <laughs> of his Blue Jay career. Yeah. Isaac, what about you? How do you think we line up in the rotations there? Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know too, too much about the Minnesota Twins pitching staff. Uh, other than the games we played against them, I haven't watched a single Minnesota Twins game. <laughs> um, so I can only go by the stats that I see. And it's I think it's pretty much a wash. Like, even when it comes to home run numbers, like, I think uh, I have it here. That, like, Joe Ryan is fourth in the American League in giving up home runs. Chris mm-hmm. Bassett is seventh. Uh, so, like, now, granted, they pitch a lot of innings and stuff like that. Like, even uh, Barrios and... Um, Pablo Lopez have Brios gave up one more home run than him, 25 to 24. So like, I think it's a pretty much a wash going forward. Now, the only thing that I'm worried about is just like, <laughs> how, we have not hit good pitching well at all. <laughs> right. So, so that is a scary thing that you're going against three guys who are objectively good, good pitchers. I mean, like you said, Jesse, they're third in the American league. So, um, that's a little little scary for me. Honestly, I think these games are going to be 2-1 games. I think all three of them, I don't think there's going to be any games with like, if I was going to smash the over-under on games, I, I wouldn't go really above seven in any of them. Um, so, I mean, but there is there is both sides give up power. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think they're a wash. I'm just going to lean to the Jays because I'm talking shit already this episode. I can't back down now. Yeah, that's right. um, so <laughs> we'll go with the Jays on that. All right. Um, I want to think, okay. Uh, Blue Jays against these Minnesota twin pitchers have actually done okay in their career. Like in fact, um, the Blue Jays guys currently on the roster against um, Pablo Lopez have a 917 OPS against him. Brandon Belt, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, and Kevin Kiermeyer have all taken Pablo Lopez deep in his career. In game two against Sonny Gray, who pitched for the Yankees for a long time, the Jays actually are not that good against him in his career. They have a 618 OPS against him. Matt Chapman, George Springer, and Kevin Kiermeyer twice actually has gone deep off Sonny Gray. But then we have guys like Whit Merrifield who's one for 16 against him. And then Joe Ryan, the Jays haven't seen a lot of him, but they're seven for 27 against him. One walk, six Ks. So that'll be interesting to see. Guys, I want to know if you guys are concerned about this. And we talked about this when um, Kevin Gosman made his starts against Minnesota in the regular season, but it seemed like Kevin or Minnesota had something on Kevin Gosman. And we speculated that after his start in one of our episodes in the middle of the season, his two appearances against the twins this year, his first one, he went five and a third, four hits, one earned run, five walks, and eight strikeouts. Then like two weeks later, he played him again at Rogers Center, four and two-thirds, seven hits, six earned runs, four walks, and four strikeouts. Are we concerned about how Kevin Gosman has pitched against Minnesota this year? And uh, if that's going to matter, come into the game one of the playoffs here? 
Well, the lineup itself, too, has shifted a little bit due to injuries for the Minnesota Twins. But if you read those stats, hey, to me, it sounds like he's due for a good start. Um, In all honesty, I'm going on that. I'm going on that. There's obviously we're talking clutch right now and whether it exists or it doesn't exist. I ought to believe um, with with the little knowledge I do about pitching and pitching in um, playoff games, because there are pitchers that you look to through MLB history that obviously you look at a team like the 90s Atlanta Braves, how good their starters was the Red Sox of the 2000s. I mean, Kevin Gosman, in some ways, are no different than those guys. He just had a fantastic regular season. Um, He's going in. He knows he's the ace. He knows he is our number one guy. Everyone on the field knows it. He's due for a good start. I mean, yeah, there's the possibility. There's the possibility that any pitcher goes out and gets hit around. I think Kevin Gosman's going to be fine. And and I'm with you, Isaac. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring series as well. Isaac, any concern about you with uh, Kevin Gosman? No, I don't think so. I, I like to think that because it's his third start against them, that whatever that they probably the if we thought that, then the Blue Jays uh, front office definitely thought that. So they've been doing everything possible to figure out what they could possibly have on them, and I think that they'll have it fixed if they do. I mean, they do have a enemy enemy uh, uh, behind their lines, uh, Jordan Luplo. So who knows what little <laughs> tricks of the trade he can pass along to them? Um, Not many. but i I, i'm not concerned about uh gosman i think he's gonna show up and damn does he look good with that uh haircut right and then just the other two blue jays pitchers who are going to pitch in this series who faced minnesota this year chris bassett only played him once but he went four innings pitch nine hits seven earned runs two home runs allowed two walks and five k's and chris bassett's lone start against minnesota and jose barrios although he was really good last year when he played the minnesota twins his start this year much must left much to be desired five and two thirds innings pitch four hits he actually didn't allow an earned run but he did have five walks and five strikeouts in there for the other two blue jays going up against the minnesota twins this year let's hope the whole blue jays pitching staff can recover in that but let's move on to the bullpen we've already talked a lot about the bullpen so we don't really need to spend much time on this i guess we know who the guys are in the blue jays bullpen the guys in the in the twins bullpen i think the big one is um Juli, or yoran duran who is very good he throws 102 he is going to be used heavily from minnesota in this series and then they have some other guys who have been quite interesting emilio pagan pitch for the rays we've seen him we know him for years louis varlin and chris paddock has actually just come back and has pitched really well they're going to have kenta maeda who is in their rotation is going to pitch out of this bullpen for them and then their lefties who I'm going to be interested to see how they use them, which is Caleb Thielbar and then Cody Funderbark, who I've never heard of before in my life before doing this episode, are going to be the lefties out of the pen in the uh, Minnesota bullpen. So advantage Blue Jays or advantage Minnesota coming out of the bullpen? Well, I can tell you for certain that uh, the Minnesota Twins easily have the best relief pitcher out of either bullpen, mm-hmm. but we are certainly a deeper bullpen. And Duran Duran doesn't pitch um, more than an inning. That is a closer. That is your Josh Hader, Emmanuel Classe, and then him. I mean, he is an elite level closer. Um, If it's if it's a three run lead for the Minnesota Twins in the ninth inning in this series, I'm not saying we might as well pack it up. But boys, we might as well pack it up. He's a hell 
of a thrower, huge sinking stuff. Like just, I, I don't even know if I'd be able to hit a ball out of the infield against this guy. He's, he's extremely, I mean, I don't think I'd be able to do that with a lot of MLB pitchers, but this guy is an exceptional talent, but we are far deeper than them in the bullpen. I think we're far deeper than we think. And I think we're deeper than a lot of teams um, that are going to be on our route. Um, you know, if we progress in this postseason. Isaac Vantage Blue Jays, Vantage Minnesota. Yeah, I think I think I completely agree with uh, Riley on that one. Just like they have the star, but we have um, a better overall uh, bullpen that I would trust way more of our guys than I would trust their guys. But once again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know too much about the Minnesota Twins bullpen. Sounds like it's important that we need to attack those middle relievers that come in early into the game that are going to be important. For what it's worth, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has a a 1,400 OPS against um, Johan Duran in his career, albeit he's two for three with a walk. So very small sample (laughs) size there. And we'll see how that goes. All right. Defense and base running. Some of the little things that uh, can be done, especially in the playoffs to win baseball games. And the Blue Jays have been very good at defense and so-so in base running during the course of the season. In fact, in terms of just errors alone, the Jays were the sixth best at committing errors, and the, but the Twins were even better. They were the third best, so third fewest, I suppose. Defensive runs saved. Jays were the best in baseball, and honestly, it wasn't even close. Minnesota Twins were ninth. Outs above average, the Jays were 10th. Minnesota was 22nd. In terms of double plays, which I think is going to matter a lot more in a short little series, the Blue Jays hit into the 12th fewest double plays, but Minnesota was actually hit into the second fewest double plays, which is interesting. In terms of just straight fielding percentage, Jays were seventh, Twins were fourth. In terms of stolen bases, Jays actually stole the seventh most bags in baseball, Minnesota 25th, so I doubt we get a lot of that going there. And Fangraphs has a base running metric, which is basically base running runs above average, which includes things like your stolen bases, your caught stealings, your taking the extra base, for example. The Jays were 27th, and the Twins were 18th. So defense and base running, advantage Blue Jays, advantage Twins. Um, so it's a no, it's a no brainer defense. We are, and you said it and I can, I could celebrate that one. We put a team together on purpose this year to be the, one of the best defensive teams in baseball. Well, we put together the best defensive team in baseball. So clearly the advantage defense goes to us. Uh, and then if you look to base running and, I don't. I know there's no stats that say like average hairs pulled out of my head from a stupid <laughs> base running air, uh, but I mean the Jays ranked first for me with um, with uh, doing just things that I want to rip my hair out of my head. If we don't get into those issues, we are going to be fine. I don't know. If they have guys, we don't have guys with a ton of blazing speed. We do have a couple guys who can run and run well, but we can't make dumb outs on the mm-hmm. base pass. Holy cow. Yeah, that that's going to be huge. Oh my God. Like if we walk in there, like every run is going to be so important. Every runner in scoring position is extremely is extremely important. Um, so I will give us the, both the advantages, but I, I will absolutely lose my crap if i come on here tuesday night which we're gonna do and i watch vlad uh create the third out at third base in the top of the fifth when we're down by a run i'll absolutely lose my mind because we just can't be doing stuff and i'm not trying to pick on vlad but hey 
there Guerrero. are some repeat. Uh, sorry, Guerrero, <laughs> Guerrero Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as one of those repeat um, uh, um, offenders. And as far as I figured out the Alejandro Kirk issue. We're going to do an old softball rule. I believe that Cam Eden will have one hand on the on the backstop fence, okay. and will be starting and will be starting his base running from the fence um, for Alejandro Kirk. So that matter is fixed. So we don't have to see Kirk on the base pass at all this series. Perfect. Isaac, how about you? Advantage Blue Jays or advantage Minnesota for the uh, defense and base running? I would just say defense. I, I I would base running might be a little bit more of a wash, um, but for defense, we definitely have. I would I would put our defense against literally any team in the major leagues, especially with that outfield. We have three guys who are you know Dalton Boucher. I don't. He's never won a Gold Glove, but that guy damn we well could. We have three three center fielders. We have three studs. center fielders. We have three studs. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then on the infield, Bo Bichette has turned into at least a league average defensive shortstop. Um, and then Vladimir Guerrero is a gr- above, well above average first baseman. Biggio, Merrifield, whoever you want to put there is above uh, above average. And then if you go to third base, we have probably the best defensive, if not the top three defensive um, third baseman in the league. And then Kirk, uh, great at framing pitches. I don't know as much about his, his defensive prowess, but he's been a great pitch framer. So I, I, I would put us, our defense against literally anyone. If you ask this question every single series in the playoffs, I'm going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, makes sense. It's uh, it's, it's one of those things that doesn't really change from series to series. Um, gentlemen, I just got one more thing before we get out of here because I think we've covered most of the things that we need to cover to preview this series. I just want to know, who is your biggest X factor this series? Who is the player or storyline or, well, it's your manager, whatever it may be, that if this person is doing things right, the Blue Jays are going to be doing things right. It's going to be if if we can get Chris Bassett in game two to throw an absolute gem. I I don't I hate predicting these things because if it's I'm wrong, I look stupid or I don't want to jinx him. But I just have a really good feeling about Chris Bassett if he's starting game two for us, man, because uh, he's been an absolute. I mean, for the. He's had career numbers. He's getting it's like he's getting better every time he toes the rubber, and it's wild, man. I know we have Kevin Gosman. If he goes seven innings, I won't be surprised. But my piece to click, I rarely pick pitchers. I rarely pick pitchers, man. But I have a really good feeling about Chris Bassett and what he's going to do. Isaac, how about you? I'm going to go with Dalton Varsho just because of how well he ended the season, um, how he's going to be in there every single night, no matter what, especially because of his plus defense. And the fact that, you know, like they're all righties that we're going to be going against. So uh, I, that's my pick to click is Dalton Varsho. Having him at the end of the lineup, if this guy can continue what he's been doing the last little bit, is going to be a godsend. And, and it's great that we have some fast guys at the end of our lineup too. If, if it's Chapman, um, with uh, Varsho and Kiermaier to end that off. That's some that's some good base running to have there too. Doesn't Dalton Varsho just kind of feel like a guy who is going to be built for the postseason? He's ready. Oh, I, yeah. I'm with you yeah. too. Um, for my pick, I wanted He's to say... He's the Williams from the NHL. Mm-hmm. He's going to be Mr. Game 7. That's going to be Dalton Varsho. Oh, that would be a great name to have on our Toronto Blue Jays team. <laughs> I wanted to throw some love to Kevin Biggio, Brandon Belt, who has got home runs in three of his last four games now, um, Alejandro Kirk. But I'm going to go with George Springer as mine, getting that threat from the top of the order. This guy's got an 889 OPS with 19 home runs over his 65 career postseason games. If George Springer is hitting like Mr. Postseason, like he could be, look, half the reason we signed with that big deal was for his postseason experience. It's time, George Springer. 
Let's be an X factor. Let's do what you can. Anything else, guys, that we didn't mention in this episode that you wanted to make sure we got before we get into the end of the series here? Well, I just, just want to, to ask off. both you guys a question, yeah. and you can start okay. with you, Riley. Um, I know that we kind of like went over like what our game one starting lineups would be. I just want to know what each of your guys, uh, if, if it is going to be Pablo Lopez, what is your game one starting lineup? Well, I mean, hey, let's let's go with obviously we're going to start with George George Springer. He's going to lead off for us. I think that's almost a no brainer that has to happen. Vladimir or sorry, Bo Bichette is going to hit behind him. Second, we're going to go Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from there, and three then three. Uh, I mean, hey, and then I'm probably going to go Brandon Belt. In all honesty, all right. um, and then it comes at this. Jesse, is do you order- dis- do you differ from any of these so far? Yes, I Are want Belt hitting page? two, and I want Bichette four. Oh, okay, okay, hey, okay. And I, I have no, okay. I have no qualms with that, but we all agree. Um, that yeah, we're that those the four are your first four. Yeah. That, and honestly, and then from there, Isaac, like it's pretty inter. It's not. I can't say it's interchangeable, but I, I, at this, if you were to ask me this on a better day where I had more faith in Matt Chapman, I would put Matt Chapman in the fifth spot. But I just don't think he can hack it. I'm gonna put him lower mm-hmm. in the order. And honestly, Dalton Varsho and Kevin Kiermeyer might move up each a spot. Like I might, I might throw a little bit of love to Dalton Varsho and put him in that spot. Um, and then Kirk behind him. But it, I mean, and only in if Kirk's behind him, Varsho's got some speed, so at least that's a chance to knock ground into any uh double plays there. But um, I mean you can use these guys, uh, you know, in a lot of different ways. I've always been a fan of kind of splitting up the righty and lefty bats. Yeah. And I mean, when you compare, uh, you know, not have Kiermaier and Varsho bat in consecutive spots. And I never was a big fan at any point when Kirk and Chapman um, were kind of back to back in the order, which has happened quite a bit um this year uh so i would like to split those bats up as well and for right now i would put kirk higher in the order than than that chapman so we're certainly looking at something that could go var show that could go kirk after that that could go uh cabin biggio and then matt chapman something like that but again like if we're on the same page for the top four guys um in the lineup then i think what happens next it could change almost day to day uh for the blue jays and what john schneider might what lineup he might put yeah i agree with i guess all jesse the- oh, go ahead jesse i just want to ask ask you a question because your game one and before you know how i said i want to ride with the veterans ride with a guy like whit merrifield you actually changed my opinion by saying that he uh has gone on for 16 um against sunny gray so i i i just want to know your guys who is your starting second baseman um for game one and how short of a leash are they on you can't take Kevin Biggio out of this lineup right no, now. Look, it's I Kevin want, Biggio. You know, I want Davis Schneider to be there, but look, you have to have Brandon Belt in this lineup, which means he's your DH, which means mm-hmm. you can only play one of Maryfield, um, Biggio, or well, Espinal or Davis Schneider. And I think right now it has to be Kevin Biggio, especially as a I think we all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, okay. the, the, if, if they're going three right-handed guys, I mean, hey, as good as Davis Schneider's been, as as good of, you know, as good of a hitter as we can, until Biggio has a has a clunker of a game, I mean, you just can't go without him right now. And I do like the idea of having, you know, the option for four left-handed bats in this Blue Jays lineup. I think that that's, I think that's very good with a right-handed savvy starting pitching staff. 
All right, gentlemen, this will do it for our official Toronto Blue Jays versus Minnesota Twins preview. Look, a lot of what happened this regular season comes down to these three little games, and it is going to be so dramatic. As we said, we are going to be doing live recaps after each and every single one of these three games. It's going to be stressful, intense, but hey, the playoffs is what we play for, and let's go out and have a big series. For uh, for Isaac and for Riley, I'm Jesse Burrell. Thank you for listening to Buds and Blue Jays. Remember to like the video on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and stick with us all postseason long. I guess we will see you guys on Tuesday night after what is hopefully a big Blue Jays victory in game one of this series. We'll see you guys then. Thanks, guys.